What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 129 of the Master Class. My name is Cam. His name is Dave, and we are ready to roll. How's it going, man? It's going really, really well. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Good. Um, it's, you know, it's life. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's ups and downs, but on the whole, I would say that I am doing very well. And uh, finally kicked the holiday bug that everyone got. I was listening back to last week's episode as I was editing, and I was thought, oh my gosh, I sound so nasally and gross. <laughs> and hopefully this week that is not the case. One, so, you know, I can feel better, and two, so your ear holes can feel better. No one needs to listen to a nasally cam. It's just not good. No. You have your sexy voice back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my wife would highly disagree with you. <laughs> uh, I asked her one time, I go, do you think I have a good podcast radio voice? And she looks at me, she goes, no. I was like, wow. <laughs> Didn't even fake it. Just straight to the heart with a dagger. No. Ouch. And I was like, well, she's probably right. So there's that. Got that cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. 129 episodes in. Hey, maybe your voice isn't cut out for this. <laughs> But hey, all I gotta say is if Gilbert Godfrey can make it as an actor with that voice and that face, no one yeah. has to see my face and my voice is not that annoying, so I'm gonna roll with it. Yes. Well, that was a fun intro. Um, <laughs> I think we're uh, finishing Romans 7, right? We are. Yeah, we're, so we're gonna continue on um, from our discussion last time um, about the law and sin, and we're gonna jump into, I think, I'm really excited to hear you read this one. Because oh. if you can get through this in one shot totally clean, I'm going to have to do something epic for you because this one is like a tongue twister, uh, I think, unrivaled in the entire Bible. No pressure. Well, I didn't tell you what I was going to get you. I just thought, you know, <laughs> I should reward you because this is difficult. Get me a dust bunny. Ew, no. no. It wouldn't last okay. in the mail anyways. It would just okay. be a bunch of particles. <laughs> would you like me to jump in then? Oh, I suppose, if you're ready. I am ready. Have you mentally prepared yourself? Have you you centered yourself? Well, apparently not to the degree that I probably should have with the uh, (laughs) expectations that have been put on this now. uh, No, I'm just getting ahead, man. Here's the other thing. I I almost uh, started reading from the NIV, so. (gasps) How dare you, David? (laughs) I was switched back to the ESV. The very 1990s move, though, if you had done that. Mm Mm-hmm. That is generally what I, well, no, I've, I've kind of switched. I, I know I've switched to the ESV on a regular basis now. Okay, so we're at Romans 7, uh, verse 14 to 25, which takes us to the end of Romans 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I not, do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. 
for I delight in the law in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. You were so close to being perfect, Dave. (laughs) You were so close, I was going to lose my mind. You want to know where the mistake was now that I'm being a total jerk about this? Uh, sure. It was in verse 22. You said, for I delight in the law in my inner being. You left out of Of God. God. (laughs) For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. All right, now that I've totally derailed the show, which I guess is sort of my MO. Sorry, guys. (laughs) This is a really important passage um, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because it's fairly well known that that part there at the end where it says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is a very uh, familiar and common and well-known verse. But this concept of, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, and... That struggle that I think me and you have spent a lot of time, especially in our discussion of Romans, talking about of, you know, being a slave to sin versus being a slave to righteousness or being under the law or being under Jesus or being made, uh, you know, um, dead to sin and alive in Christ. This whole concept of transforming and and going from being under bondage of sin to being under uh, the grace of God and all of that is this is like Paul's inner, it seems to me anyways, I could be totally wrong here. Um, but this is like Paul's inner like monologue in his head of, gosh, what? I don't want to do that, but I do it anyways. And when I want to do something, evil's like right here. And oh, you know, I wonder what the modern version of a wretched man that I am is it's like, oh, what an idiot. Like, that's stupid, what... <laughs> stupid, yeah, stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> Just whacking yourself <laughs> on the head. <laughs> but like, this really seems to me like an honest look into Paul's like issues you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yes and obviously he's far more well-spoken than i am so instead of saying stupid stupid idiot what a (laughs) moron he's saying for i know that the law is spiritual but i am a flesh sold on i mean it's just so well put together and so well written but i think key key things that stick out to me because i i don't know if i can go through this one verse by verse because i'll just get lost because it's so twisty and turny and Mm -hmm. you know um so like key concepts for me it says, for I do not understand my own actions. That is, I think, a really important concept here because that strikes me uh, very personally. You know, mm-hmm. I know what is right. I know what is wrong. I know what is honoring God. I know what is sinful. And yet when I look back on my actions, I can often go, I don't understand why I did that, why I said that, why I thought that. I know what is right. I know what is wrong yet I still did the sinful thing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why I did it. And that can be super frustrating, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's like something that you struggle with and that you repeat all the time. Yes. You know, and it's just like, I don't, I, I, and you get to the point of Paul's frustration of I don't understand my actions, for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate. It's so infuriating um, when, you, when you think about it. I don't like, in theory, 
I don't like sinning. Right. But I do it pretty regularly. Yeah. And there's, you know, Paul gets to it at the end talking about the mind and the body, but like there's this dichotomy that we're like working through. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, so we don't have to totally rehash it. But the, the, the concept of being in a world that is sinful and being new beings uh, made alive in Christ. And I, I don't, you know, I wanted to tie this up in a neat bow here, but like there, we're just in this weird uh, transition where it seems like spiritually we have been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus and it is no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Yet physically we're still trapped in this world where sin is lurking everywhere. And mm-hmm. our bodies are, are so powered by habit and routine that the more we do something physiologically, the more we want to do it. Mm-hmm. The responses are easier, right? Sure. That's why humans suffer so much with things like addiction. Because even though it takes more and more to get the same high, we like the high so much and it gets so reinforced in our bodies that we, we will unconsciously do the things to get the response. And that's why it's so hard to beat addictions and so hard to break bad habits is because physiologically they're built up as a way for our subconscious to act when we're not even thinking about it. Right. And that may even be the part of, I don't understand my actions. I'm not thinking about it. I just do it because that's what my body's been programmed to do through years and years and years of repetitive sin and just mm-hmm. frankly just being a broken person living in a broken world. Right. It's so frustrating. Yes. And as as frustrating as it is, like to for me to read this, I think there's just sort of a well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> You know, I'm not as, like you said, not as eloquent as Paul is in all this, but, you know, if he is, he is somebody that I think we should look to to and be like, oh, if I can be like that guy, that would be great. And yet he very much in Romans 7 um, articulates what kind of the the human condition really is. Uh, and I think this, even people that would say they're not Christians um, or probably don't even believe in God. Like I, I, I think every human being, if they read this in a self-help book or a business manual or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever context you want to put this in, uh, not the Bible, people would read this and go, Oh my gosh, yes, I do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, would totally resonate with them. And, then, you know, ideally, if you could then bring in and go, well, that's, that's, you know, has eternal significance and it has to do with our creator and, uh, kind of the whole purpose of human, uh, not the purpose of of human history, but the story of human history. And this is, you know, what, uh, Jesus did for us. And I think people would, people would relate to this if they weren't thinking that it was in the context of the Bible. Everybody would. As frustrating as I think it does present hope that well, I'm not the only one messing it up. Yeah, and I mean, no one likes some solid theology to ruin their self-help book. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. That's true. All right. He says in verse 16, Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. Now, if I do what I do not want... Oh, I don't even understand that sentence. So now, <laughs> Oh, because he wants to sin. So if he does the good thing, yeah, he agrees with the law, that is good. 
Uh, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And this is where we get to that sort of dichotomy, right? That we've been yes working through a lot of. It is no longer I who does the thing, but the sin that dwells within me. Um, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Mm-hmm. Well, this is really interesting. So it, it almost seems that he's saying here that sin still has power over our actions because we live in a sinful body. Right. Which I suppose makes sense here, but when compared with, you know, just earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, Jesus and Adam and Jesus overcoming everything that Adam did and then, you know, uh, fulfilling the law and making us dead to sin and alive in him. So I guess, okay, so I guess if we take it in that context, then it it is in the eyes of God that we have come from being dead to being alive because of the acts of Jesus. He no longer sees us as sinners and separated. He sees us as those that have been saved and redeemed and reconciled to him through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He sees us as clothed in his righteousness. Um, So in that sense, sin has lost its power over us because we are now able to be present with him. But here and now, sin's still, uh, you know, kicking the tires every day just to make sure we know it's still around. Mm -hmm. See, I'm just, I'm working through this in my head and I don't know how much of this makes sense, but it just, it seemed earlier in Romans that he was so... He was so confident in, like, the death of sin and it no longer having power over us. And us. And I guess, I guess in a spiritual sense, he's absolutely correct. But then he comes here, and it's a much more day-to-day, this is what life is like. And I don't know, I'm going to be honest, it would have been really cool if, like, you know, sin just wouldn't have any power over me now. Like, that'd be great. <laughs> Physically speaking, in the flesh, in the world, it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Not to have to worry about that. Um, but it seems that may not be the case based on, well, I think just based on this and based on experience, frankly. I don't know about right. you, Dave. But. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, I, I just, I, I think sin is so much worse than we even begin to comprehend. I, I think just our condition of fallen human beings and and how it separates us from God is just way worse than what we really even begin to comprehend. And we like to focus on these sort of like outward actions that, oh, I shouldn't have done that and this is bad. And, uh, you know, it, it really is just a, it removes, sin separates us from God. And that is honestly the worst thing that could happen to you is to be separated uh, from God. And I don't know, It's to me there's an element of we really never stop sinning. We're still sinners. We're still sinful. But truly what Christ did on the cross, you know, he paid our debt and he paid it. It's infinitely greater than what we even begin to comprehend. And yeah, I, I, I just, I really do believe that sin is far worse than the perspective that we have and the things that we think are bad. Like, I just, I'm like, oh, it's so much even probably more than what we <laughs> realize because 
even if we could, so I, I believe there are things in my life, sin in my life that I have, um, moved on from that is no longer present in my life. And when I move on from sin, there's always another physical act. There's another sort of concrete example of my sin in my life. And I definitely think God kind of reveals to us enough for us to continually be striving after him. And then if he were to just truly reveal to us just how sinful we are and how much we have that separates from him, it just would, it would kill us. It would just, we would be so overwhelmed by it. I think we would all just take a fetal position and give up. <laughs> and and I think, uh, I think the enemy does a great job of getting us focused on those, you know, a handful of things in our life that we struggle with for many years. And yeah, it's like the, uh, like a relationship with like an abusive person. You know, as much as much physical or uh, emotional or psychological damage as you can do so that even after, you know, they escape or, you know, are lucky enough to be able to move on, the the damage is still there. The scars are still there. The, Mm -hmm. you know, the the doubts, the thoughts, the just the crap um, still lingers and causes, you know, hurt and Mm -hmm. pain and all that stuff. Yeah. But I I, yeah, I I want to agree quickly that about your uh, saying that our uh, our sin is way worse than you know we could ever comprehend, and I agree, and I just think it's it's a shame because how many more people would come to appreciate the power of the gospel and the truth of the Bible if they were aware of. Uh, their true standing, you know, because I think a lot of people just think I'm a good person. Oh yeah. And I don't need to be saved. You know, I can do it my myself and that's, you know, sort of the American dream, right? Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess in a business sense, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, you know, making it happen for yourself and providing a a good life for you and yours. Um, Yeah. But, it can become very self-centered and selfish and self-serving um, without, you know, some humility and some people in your life to call you to the carpet. But I guess, yeah, my, my, my wish is, you know, not that God would reveal it all to us. Cause like, I think you said, I think fetal position is generous. I think I would just like melt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, I would just melt in like this just goop. And I think, I think that is, God does allow, uh, certain people to see a percentage of their sin. Yes. Uh, cause that is enough for them to go, Holy cow. I need to be saved. I need God. I need, I need Jesus's saving work in my life. I need to be part of God's kingdom because I have come to realize enough of my sin to go, Oh my gosh, there's no other way except through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just wish not that the threshold for that, realization would be lowered, but that people's ability to understand their depravity would be uh, a little more heightened, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know if God can like tweak some knobs and make that happen. That would be really awesome. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's really, 
it's sad to think about the amount of people that will never fully grasp the the nature of you know their standing with God. Mm-hmm. And like we said last time, if they're right, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if we're right, it matters uh, well eternally, and mm-hmm. that's a long time. Last time I checked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and rem- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you know, we are certainly all saved by grace. I have, and I don't, I don't like to point fingers at anybody, but another group that, that just stands out to me that I, so as we talk about this group that, that comes to mind for me, that I just am like, I feel like you're missing it. Are those people that for the most part, like you said, they are good people. And they they go to church on Sunday morning. They give ten uh, percent. They don't cuss. They don't drink in excess. Like they their list of do's and don'ts uh, looks pretty stinking good. And uh, they have a comfortable life. Um, if anybody would ever ask them for anything, they would certainly give it over. But it's all about this sort of like giving a proper image like i'm a good christian and not a i'm in love with god i am in a relationship with god he loves me i am so forgiven by grace like i i feel like i've encountered people in my life that definitely believe they have lived the proper life the correct life and that's what's going to get them to heaven not so much and they would probably you know they they would articulate that oh i you know i'm saved by grace that sort of a thing but ultimately, there's this I, 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 good living, right living, proper living that, um, you know, obviously their eternal destiny is in God's hands. But I wonder what they miss out on in this life of just really being able to experience God. And maybe I fall in this category. I may be talking about myself right now of just not fully living in him the way I could because I get so focused on the proper living, the right living, and not just being in a relationship with him and not giving two rips about, oh, yeah, yeah, I sinned. You saw that. Um, it's embarrassing, but um, I know I'm forgiven, and I'm, I'm working at, at, at getting closer to him and being more like him, but I'm not going to be overly consumed by the stupid things, the sinful things that I do, and the fact that you may have seen them. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I think there's definitely this kind of idea of right living or us kind of being in control of our sin and, um, you know, gospel of sin management, as we've referred to before from Dallas Willard, that at the very least is preventing us from living uh, I think the the life that God designed us for, and God forbid, to the extreme, maybe have a false idea of our eternal salvation. So, yeah, and it reminds me, I was looking for the verse while you were talking, and I couldn't find it. Um, but it's the verse where Jesus is saying, "Not all who call out to me, Lord, Lord, will oh, yeah. enter heaven." So, not all of the people that think they're going to heaven, or you know, are going to spend eternity with. God, after all is said and done, are going to be there. Mm-hmm. There are a number of people who 
uh, as you said, are living are living what they would consider good lives, but are doing it of their own merit and do not have the uh, the relationship with God that God wishes to have with them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people call it nominal Christianity. It's the people that go to church because it's the right thing to do. But, you know, they're not necessarily, oh, what's the word, um, invested or interested or, uh, you know, they're there because they're supposed to be and not because that there, there's a thriving um, relationship or even a desire to have one. It's mm-hmm. just, it's Sunday, let's go to church and then go home and watch football or, you know, take the kids yeah. to soccer or whatever. Um, it's part of, oh, I almost made a political, political comment, but I'm going to edit this <laughs> out. So, yeah. So anyways, it's, I think you're right. And um, it's, I guess the mission of the church really to make sure that the gospel is preached loud and clearly and uh, in a way that people would go, holy cow, I need, uh, I need God. And that's, you know, that's partially on us as, as Jesus calls us in the great commission, Mm -hmm. but it's uh, also partially on the Holy spirit to, um, you know, change a man or change a woman in a way that only the Holy spirit can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's Matthew seven, 21 through 23. And every time I read that or I hear it, because uh, I do listen to the Bible on um, Audible, every time it's just one of those verses, and I'm like, God, I, I please don't let that be me. Like I, like if I'm in that category and I'm doing that, show me, because yeah, it's it's that it's about relationship. It's about relationship with God and yeah, that element of I don't know you. Which would be like some of the, I think, scariest words you could ever hear in your oh life. Gosh, to I, go, yeah, I don't know you. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then is, is so. Am I am I making this one up? Is there is there somewhere in the Bible where um, somebody's like trying to cast out a demon, and the demon is like, you know, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but you, I have no idea who you are. Or is oh that gosh, like, that does that sounds really familiar, but I'm not even gonna venture a guess as to where that could be. Okay, so I'm not completely making that up. I don't think you're completely making it up, but uh, I, but it may not. Worst case scenario, <laughs> we were both in the same place when someone said a story similar said. to that that wasn't in the Bible. That's the worst case scenario. That would be the worst case. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 but even that, like, 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 how just devastating would that be of dealing with the dark side and. They're kind of like, who the heck are you, and why do you think you have some kind of, you know, I digress. No, it's all good. Uh, Another thing that sticks out to me is verse 21. So it says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. And it's one of those passages to me where I read it and go, duh. And then secondarily, why don't I have, like, why don't I think about this? Mm -hmm. Like, of course... Every time I want to do something right, evil's right around the corner going, hmm, you know, don't do it, or, you know, casting spells like some evil little whatever. But it makes total sense that the enemy would be very, very close to anyone who's trying to do the right thing, doing everything they can to divert them from the right path, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just how he operates, and it's, I think, a very important and... um poignant thing for us to remember as Christians that when we are doing what God wants us to do, Mm. not only is the enemy close, but it pisses him off. And that's why he is there. 
mm-hmm. trying to ensure that we do not do what honors God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like I said, it's really important. It's really poignant. and something that I need to remind myself of, you know, on a daily basis. Yes. And then, uh, unless you have anything else, I'm going to um, skip down here to the end, uh, verses 24 and 25. Nope. He says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So like he answers his own question, like, who is going to save me from this stinking body that does all the wrong things mm-hmm. that I don't want to do? And, you know, evil is just there. Oh, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Like, there is an answer. There is, there is yeah. salvation. There is a way. And for him to go through that litany, you know, right there of just uh, frustration and then just come out and say, oh, idiot, idiot, stupid, stupid, stupid. Oh, thank <laughs> God. Like, the relief there is um i think something that we should not miss and hopefully something that we should look forward to um if you are someone uh like dave or i that that has these frustrations with you know wanting to do the right thing and not doing it not even understanding why you don't do the right stuff or why you do the bad stuff and then go oh you know what thank god yeah he's got it covered as frustrating as this is and as easy as it is for us to fixate on all of the screw-ups and you know mm-hmm. not only like our screw-ups, but also how they affect the people around us. Right. Oh, yeah. It's really easy when uh, discussing sin to just focus completely selfishly on it, Mm -hmm. but there's never a moment where your selfish sin does not impact somebody else. Right. And so just to be able to go, oh, thank God, like, Jesus came, it's covered, we're good. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I still need to mend and reconcile the relationship to the people I've sinned against. But I can rest in the fact that Jesus has reconciled my sin uh, with God, and I can just say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And, you know, (laughs) learn to to rest in in the grace and the mercy and forgiveness, and then in turn, uh, give that to the people in our lives that we sin against and that sin against us. Yeah. And that's the ministry of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians 5. Yes. Which is a passage that's really kind of heavy on my heart lately. So, Yeah, and that's, you know, the, the, the thing that's coming to my mind as we've been talking tonight um, is just my tongue and the things, the words that come out of my mouth, particularly when I'm at work and I talk about people behind their back. And it is just like... Like, that's just one of those things where I'm like, how quickly do I jump into those conversations, whether it be one-on-one or be in a group of just bad-mouthing other people. And if they were to, to walk into the room, I would just be absolutely mortified. Because even the things that I say, like, I, like there's almost an element of, if that person was here, I would never say it. And it's not that I, would, I wouldn't even say it um, because it's, it's not nice. Like, there's no one of, I wouldn't say it because it's not really what I believe. It's not really true. Like, I'm, I'm totally villainizing the other person. And so for me, that's just one of those things where I'm, I'm just like, why do I do that? Like, why do I allow, allow myself to get drawn into these conversations that are not edifying, that are not glorifying? And like I said, I would just be absolutely embarrassed if the person I was talking about heard that. Again, not just because it's mean, but because 
for like the vast majority of it, it's not really true. I've kind of created this caricature of the other person. So anyway, that's that's as as we've been talking, true confessions from Dave. <laughs> that's that's you know, that's just kind of what's been coming to my mind. So well, I, I hate to laugh, but because that was I think very generous of you to you know offer up a a real life and you know honest thing but the true confessions of dave thing got me that needs to be like a v, that needs to be like a vh1 style where are they now documentary true confessions of dave maybe we could do that little segment each week dave's true confession so uh well i am not a catholic priest so i don't require your confessions but you know if you, if you want to share with know, everybody in the whole world the entire planet that is your choice buddy yeah uh so to change the subject here real quick uh, the verse I was thinking of was Acts 19, verse 15. Oh, good, and on, it is in the Bible. I feel better the, now. Yeah. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? So, <laughs> like, just talk about a kick in the junk. Oh, it's, it's like, such uh, a good burn. It's such a good burn. Like, who knew that demons had a bit of a sense of humor? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I'm glad it was in the Bible, and I'm didn't just glad make it, it up funny or... as well. Yeah, yes. well, there's you know, <laughs> you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna you know have a podcast and and talk about things, it's probably good not to perpetuate fake news. You know, that's not <laughs> something we're about here. So let's stick with scripture. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, we've reached the end of the passage. We have, which I honestly was not sure how we were going to get there, but. We did. And I'm excited about eight. So there's some good news in eight. Well, there's good news. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I know, but (laughs) we'll leave it at that. There's a bit of a cliffhanger. There's good news in the next episode. Yes. Of the masterclass, which by the way, I should tell you, uh, dear listeners is back on a weekly schedule, which I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Um, No, perhaps when this episode comes out, you'll realize like, holy cow, it's not been 20 days since the last episode. Uh, we, Dave and I have decided to go back to recording this show every week because it's our favorite show to record yeah. and we really enjoy it. And, um, I think it's honestly for me, true confessions of cam here. It's better <laughs> for me to do this show every week because I don't suffer from the, Oh, I don't know what to read in my Bible. Well, yeah, now <laughs> I do know what to read cause I have to talk about it. Yeah. So from that, from that perspective, uh, I'm excited about it. I know Dave's excited about it, um, but just wanted to let you guys and ladies know that we'll be back on a regular uh, weekly schedule um, with the show. So we're excited. Hope you guys and girls are as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else, sir? You know, I the, the what I'm going to throw out there is just a, if you have the opportunity to compliment somebody, compliment them. And if you have the opportunity to compliment them to their boss or somebody that has an, you know, relationship with them. Uh, I just encourage you to say that good thing about somebody when you have that chance, because it can override a tremendous amount of negative to just hear one positive thing in a day. And so if that opportunity should present itself, I encourage you to take it and not just walk away, but say something when you can. Cool. All right, folks, you know where to find the show notes. Slide around in your podcast app, find them, click on the things. Uh, by now, you should know how to get in contact if you want. And until next week, uh, farewell. We'll talk to you later.